Jeff Salzman here, and welcome to the Bite Size Evolver, excerpts from my podcasts. Here's 20 minutes on the experience of integral consciousness. Today, the theme is just the sense of what is it to move into integral consciousness, integral functioning. You know, how does that feel different? How does that look different? What's the experience of moving a vertical stage of development? If integral theory is correct, integral consciousness is, a, is as different from postmodern consciousness, which precedes it, and modern consciousness, which precedes it, as they are from each other. And there's radical new capacities that arise as we enter integral. And I got some really good descriptions of that. So um, I'm going to start with an audio that I got from a listener, relatively new listeners, he'll explain, uh, from my daily Evolver Speak Pipe. And this is an audio from Tom Van Galen. Hi, Jeff. This is Tom Van Galen from up here in Canada. Um, have been tracking with you and um, some of the other integralists in the world uh, for about, I'm going to say, year and a half now. Like, seriously, I'd heard of Spiral Dynamics uh, probably four or five years ago, had looked into it and found it interesting, but didn't get it. Uh, lo and behold, uh, well, there's a much longer story here, but um, about a year and a half ago, um, had an awakening, I guess, in which suddenly integral theory became much more vibrant and very clear and full-colored, made the world seem very 3D to me. That's an oft-told story. And that does describe, you know, in, 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 in Tom's own way, uh, how that feels. There's an actual, it feels like an awakening. It is. It's a state change. Uh, but it's also a stage change. There's a vertical movement that's happening in terms of stages of development. And Ken Wilbur, who so many of us have been um, so deeply inspired by, you know, in terms of a, in my case, a capital T teacher. Uh, he describes this in his book, Integral Spirituality. I'm going to just read two paragraphs from what he says, where he talks about integral being psychoactive. He said, a truly integral framework is not an inert map. It's a psychoactive map. It's a psychoactive system that goes through your entire body-mind and begins to activate any potentials that are not presently being used. Once you download the integral operating system, it's simply and almost automatically beginning to look for areas that the integral map suggests you possess but that you might not have consciously realized until the framework, framework activates them, lights them up, and makes you realize that you have all of these possibilities in your own being. If you have read this far, and this is page 299 in Integral Spirituality, if you have read this far, the integrative process is already activated in you, and you likely understand just what this means. And I would say the same thing about people who continue to listen to the Daily Evolver. You know, if what I'm talking about here makes sense, if what Ken was just talking about makes sense, if what Tom was talking about makes sense, or it hits the spot in some way, then the integrative process is already activated in you. 
And until that happens, it isn't. You know, it's just like Tom said, it, it, you know, we all have our stories about this. He read it, he read Spiral Dynamics, didn't quite get it. And then you get it. And then there's a sort of a capital G getting it. And it, again, until that happens, the whole thing, if somebody's trying to tell you about it or sell you on it, uh, it's a little bit annoying. <laughs> and, and I think there's really two categories of critiques that people who haven't really gotten integral consciousness, uh, th th that they have of it. One is that it's just gobbledygook. You know, it's just um, too many, too much jargon and too much you know, colors and graphs. And, you know, it would be like me trying to understand quantum physics, which I have tried to do. I tried to read Stephen Hawking. God knows I did. I'm one of those people who bought a brief history of time and got to page two, you know. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and so, you know, there is, it, it, so there's just that. It just doesn't make any sense until it does. And the other is that, it, it, it has so many taxonomies and hierarchies, which we consider growth hierarchies, natural hierarchies, but still there's a lot of antibodies to that whole sort of intellectualizing of reality that people particularly in green have, and I've had it too, and still do in a way. So it, it, this is an email I got from Julie uh, last night actually, and, and she writes about this, she says, I have to admit that sometimes integral is way too intellectual for me. It seems everyone just likes to name things, to identify things using integral terminology. In this podcast, and your podcast, you talked about a podcast I did, I heard, you, I heard your process rather than heard your terminology. So thank you for that. You showed examples of an integration and how appropriate natural integration is built into the human cosmic system of creation. And I can't imagine getting, you know, a better piece of positive feedback because that's exactly what I'm trying to do here with the Daily Evolver is create an on-ramp where people can not only think their way forward, but also sort of feel and inhabit their way forward, to, to grow their way forward. And, you know, there's sort of a, a feeling that once you realize that growth is built into the system, as Julie says, then, then you can actively and consciously participate in that growth of the cosmos and, and of your own piece of it. And um, so that's great. The second thing I would say is a, probably a necessary defense of all the taxonomies <laughs> and jargon and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I, I would just say, think of it as a map. And if you are exploring new territory, a new continent that you don't know much about, the better your map is and the more detailed it is, then the more likely you are going to be able to stay there and take up residency. So that is, um, you know, a defense of, of, of that. But again, it, it just sort of arrives. We don't have to make it happen. It's like a nine-year-old doesn't have to work really hard to become a 10-year-old. He just has to be fed and watered and, you know, uh, the growth takes care of itself. And that, that's true for us as, you know, evolving adults as well. All right, so here's another take on how it feels. And this is from Jenny. I just wanted to say you've, you have a way of taking my 
this array of thoughts and pointing them in the integral direction and taking them further, taking me further along a path that I find so helpful to my survival in this weird and wonderful place. Thank you again. And I love that. You know, again, that's what I'm trying to do here. And that disarray of thought that Jenny's talking about, it feels like that sort of end of the first tier where it's all just sort of confused and there's everything's online and there's a lot online for people who are at, um, you know, modern and postmodern and, you know, all of these earlier stages. And it's, it is confusing. And then it does, it begins to fly in formation. And what is happening is that we actually have a bigger space of consciousness. And it's radically different than the earlier stages again. And, and that doesn't mean that we're not still human beings and we're not still navigating this world and navigating new territories. But all of a sudden, we can see the system of thought, the worldview that we used to be limited by. And, and as we say in Integral, what was subject, in other words, what was me, what was my identity, what was Jeff, suddenly becomes the object of a bigger subject, a bigger Jeff who could see that other Jeff and could see all of the other Jeffs that came before him and can contain them all in this new, bigger identity. And it comes on in a couple stages. Integral itself comes on in a couple stages. We talk about moving into teal, which is a sort of entry-level integral in the sense of it sees this. It sees evolution, it sees development, it sees it in our own interiors, it sees it in culture, it sees it in third person in terms of technology. And you know, it begins to categorize. And this is where we really go crazy with the taxonomies because all of a sudden everything fits and we want to figure out where it fits and it's all so fun. And it's, it's, it's that simplicity beyond complexity where it's just a new order of organization. And, and of integration, of, of evolution. And so that's the teal level. And then the turquoise level is the sort of a more mature integral where you sort of, as Ken, Ken says, it, it, it's like you have the head with heart now and you feel it. And you, you look at history and you look at evolution and what science tells us about the origins of the universe and you think, oh my God, this thing is alive. This thing is alive. This thing is intelligent. And this thing is living me. I'm not just living it. I'm living it too, but it's also living me. And that is, you know, this new bigger identity. And it's psychoactive indeed. With integral, it's kind of the same thing where all of a sudden, you know, you know, we, we're, we're not so limited by our postmodern identity or our modern identity. We become more interested in the people that we had been demonizing, the people that we thought were, you know, losers or stupid or co-opted or whatever we thought, our enemies, our ideological enemies become a little more interesting to us. And as we work with that, and at Integral, we do that as a practice. We take on the perspective of other people particularly people who are annoying us. And we get in their skin and we look out their eyes and we do that as a practice. And, you know, we do that imperfectly. We do it not to get it right. We do it to be faithful in a way. 
But eventually, we stop identifying with any single perspective or worldview in the way that we had. And we start identifying, again, with this bigger space within which perspectives are arising, within which worldviews are there, fully formed and available to us. And we realize that this bigger space has qualities of a loving intelligence that organizes them for us. Again, we, you know, all of a sudden it flies in formation. It's like we didn't have to try. It's just all there in a new organization. And that's, you know, called being multi-perspectival and having flex flow vision logic that's, you know, well mapped in terms of, of uh, adult development. So, um, so that's, you know, how that feels. And, and I love what Jenny said about it. The last thing I want to share is an email that I got from another listener, longtime listener, and, and who writes me often, and I always appreciate his stuff, Tom Albertson. And he was commenting on, I think the last uh, episode I did on uh, Trump's war cabinet drops a developmental level, where I was sort of bemoaning this uh, ascendancy of, of John Bolton, who I really do consider to be dangerous, especially in combination with Donald Trump. And I made this case, and Tom writes me, I challenge you to pr produce just one episode of your show without interpreting slash labeling something we don't like or that vexes us as a, quote, problem, unquote. And instead, to interpret that same situation from a true second-tier perspective, in the same way you did when you reminded us that a nine-year-old is not a defective 12-year-old and therefore isn't a problem. Misapplying the simple problem-solving framework, and I love that, misapplying the problem-solving framework, which is the uh, framework of first-tier memes, uh, mis misapplying it to a highly divergent, multiplayer, multi-perspectival challenge that arises in a complex context would be like sitting in a high-end French restaurant and demanding a bottle of Heinz ketchup. <laughs> and I resemble that remark, but at any rate, he goes on, and I love this last part he says. In the orientation of the creative, and that's the new orientation, so we're moving from the idea of there's something wrong, there's a deficiency in every stage of the first six tier, the first six stages. And in, as we move into integral, we move into a sort of a creative orientation to the world. So that's what he's talking about. He says again, in the orientation of the creative recall, we work with whatever shows up in our circumstances, making sure we know the full truth about our current circumstances as they relate to our vision and embrace all of the circumstances as welcome and necessary input into the creative process moving forward. This is a much more fun, effective, and empowering second tier game to play than the depressing, ineffective, first tier problem solving game. So, <laughs> dang, Tom, uh, I think that's really beautiful and right on and is an example, and not the only one, I have to say, of my listeners being farther along the path than I am. And I mean that, and that is, I could feel the transmission 
right now in, in this moment of Tom's insight. And indeed, you know, we are moving from, just to put it in real simple language, we're moving from a fear operating system to a love operating system as we move into integral and in a, into second tier. Um, again, every first tier meme has some uh, story of how this shouldn't be happening. It's awful that it is. I can't stand it. Somebody needs to be blamed or condemned. It's probably me. Uh, it might be them. You know, it's this whole project of fixing things versus the creativity or the love operating system where we accept the world as it is and join in the project of perfecting it in our own way, in our own little corner, however we are called to do that, but with love in our heart. And the hesitation to this, and the reason why people have trouble, you know, taking up a, a solid residency in this new operating system, is because we have a millennia of fear, hundreds of millennia of fear behind us. And we know that fear is a more reliable and immediately powerful force than love is, at least in the sort of on the ground applications that we're working on right now, which is where we feel like we're going completely off the ditch and over the cliff. And so people resist that message uh, that the world is evolving to goodness, truth, and beauty, and all of that stuff that I talk about, largely because they are afraid that that's going to bring on a complacency. And if I lay down my sword, then I'm defenseless and I'm useless, basically. And, and there is a realization, and I'm not, uh, Tom's further along than I am here, but there is this realization that love contains everything. It contains power. It contains fierceness. It contains ruthlessness sometimes if called for. It contains intelligence. It contains sensitivity. It contains actually everything in the whole human smorgasbord except fear. And that itself is a practice, you know, to, just to, to that realization. And so instead of this shouldn't be happening, it's awful that it is, it's, it's a new radical acceptance. This should be happening not in the sense that it should be happening, but it is happening. So I guess, therefore, it should be happening because I want to be friendly to reality. And I want to live in reality as it is. And that radical acceptance, um, the piece we have to remember that it means also radical engagement and radical resistance when called for, but, every, but not the fear and the condemnation and the vexation and the gnashing of teeth and all of the stuff that I still do plenty of, and I think I still will when it comes to John Bolton. <laughs> but at any rate, I know where I'm going <laughs> and I'm working on it. So I just want to say thank you, Tom, for, you know, pulling us along. So, um, yeah, we want to look at this movement of uh, consciousness that we all think we're engaged in and we see and feel and finding each other and all of that good stuff, uh, because that itself is the engine of continued evolution. It's that we are more consciously involved, that we are seeing more, that we're including more in our circle of what we're aware of. It, that is growth. That happens at every stage. And at Integral, it has its own special blessing and thrill. And uh, so I'm happy to share that with you. And I would just sort of close the loop here by just reminding us that this is a practice. 
we have this, uh, you know, amazing body of work that helps us sort of map the territory. But uh, living there is a practice. And uh, we, I always love the definition of practice. It's the thing we do to be faithful, not successful. 